Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. y'all could have stayed right there with that you're gonna make it that was all right hallelujah you're gonna make it come on sing it with some conviction come on sing it with some conviction Doesn't have an answer, but is expected to have an answer and don't know what the answer is supposed to be. Maybe you just need to hear that right there. You're going to make it. I don't have the answer yet. I don't know what to do. But even when I don't know what to do, I know to pray. This is the thing that I... Y'all got to sing that with some conviction. Come on, y'all getting low? Come on, sing it with some conviction. Jesus. I know I know how to get louder than you. Just sing it with some conviction. Because we've been talking about honor. And as I was off to the side. See, I don't know if you've ever lost someone or something. Do you know somebody, can you relate, where you've lost someone or something? See, you're looking at a product. As I was talking to our apostle, and he began to talk about a person in ministry that really, really impacted his life by the name of Bishop Wanda Wilson. I've never met the man before. I've never saw the man before in my life. But I can hear the words, the words of affection that Apostle had when he began to speak about this man and how this man had impacted his life in ministry, how it changed his life, helped change the course of his life, even in ministry, although he was already saved. I'm talking about knowing well-known TV bishops and all of that stuff. But nobody had impacted his life the way this man had impacted his life. So that fire that you see, that desire that you witness, that chasing after God, that honoring God, is because God had called someone to enter into his life in a moment that has forever changed his life. And I'm a product of that. So although I've never met the man, I've never had a conversation with the man, I bless God for the fact that God saw fit to let this man come into the life of my apostle because I'm a product of what this man imparted into my leader. So what am I saying? I honor certain people. I honor people who've been in my life, who are no longer part of my life. I got a grandmother, grandfather I never met in Jamaica. 
but I see what's been instilled in my father. So I honor them for what they place on the inside of my father because guess what? My life has been impacted by what they imparted into my father. All I'm trying to say is y'all this, you gotta honor people. For the time that they was a part of your life, you gotta honor God that God saw fit to let these people be in your life. You got to give God the honor for the times that God has allowed you to be a part of something. And I understand everything doesn't last forever. But for the time that I had, God, I honor you. How my life has been impacted, God, I honor you. You saw something about me, God, that you would send this person. Or you saw something about me, God, that you would allow me to experience this, God. And for that, God, I honor you. So you know what? I can embrace the words that they're saying. I'm going to make it. Matter of fact, I choose to change the words and say, I've already made it. I choose to change the words and say, I've made it. Hell has come. High waters have come. But guess what? I've already made it. I've had the experience lost, but guess what? I've already made it. I've had people to walk away. I've had people to betray, but guess what? I've already made it. Yes, I have. I've already made it. When I when I look back and I see where God has brought me from, I have already made it. Yeah, you don't see the finished product yet, but I've already made it. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I've already made it. Through the ups and downs, yes. I've already made it. Through the trials and tribulations, yes. I've already made it. It doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to you. I believe it. I've already made it. I've already made it. We're talking about the impact of honor. I wish you would just come on and honor the King of Kings. You know what? I know I know we got to go. Mike, y'all better put a timer on me for me. I know we got to go, but can can y'all play play that strong tower? You got to sing with some conviction now. I'm talking about you got the menace of this thing. I'm saying it's it's you got that vision, just it's just you in the room, and it's just you, you, you talking to God, you singing to God. God, it's, this is this is what I feel right now, God. And I, I, I just want you to know this is what I feel, God. This is what, what I'm thinking, God. This is what's running through my veins, God. This is this is all in my thought process right now. This is this is what's coming up, this is what's flooding out of the bottom of my heart, God. And I just want you to know how I feel right now, God. for those of us who feel a little weak.
I'm talking about who still need a little bit of saving. <laughs> yes. Because I sure need your God. Help him, y'all help him. Come on, come on, come on.
so need you, God. Father, we praise you and we bless you in this place, God. And we honor you for being God and God alone. We honor you for being sovereign, God. We honor you that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. We honor you as being our Father. <laughs> oh, God, we honor you. With the fruit of our lips, God, we honor you. As we raise our hands, God, we honor you. We open our hearts, God, to perceive what thus said the Spirit of the living God. And Father, we invite your Spirit into this place, God. That you would speak to us now. And we're asking God that you would prepare our ears, dig out our ears, God, that we would hear what thus said the Spirit of the Living God. We pray, God, that you would write your word upon the tablets of our heart, God. That we would not forget it, God. Neither will we sin against you. We thank you for what you're going to do, God, what you're going to speak, God, in this place. And we're asking, God, bring forth revelation, knowledge, and understanding, wisdom, and enlightenment, God. Even now, God, in your son Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, come with me to the book of Mark, chapter number 12. We're going to go back to the book of Mark, and we're going to follow suit on what we did on last week and this is going to be the impact of honor if you want to call it part two and amen we want to talk about the impact that honor has in the life of the believer and it's not that honor just has an impact in the life of the believer because we understand if you were to really sit back and observe the lives of people either you're going to witness honor at work or you're going to see dishonor working in the lives of people but as a believer I want honor to impact my life as a believer I want honor to impact the lives of those that are connected to me those that I encounter those that I come in contact with I want honor to impact the lives of those individuals so we're going to the book of Mark chapter number 12 and we're going to start at verse number 28 And when you have it, please say amen. The words are on the screen, amen. And the word of our holy God reads. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked them, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment and the second is namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater 
than these and you can be seated in the presence of our living God and again we're talking about the impact of honor amen the impact of honor uh, we want to make sure we say our decree amen <laughs> thank you amen amen our decree amen I'm gonna read it you just be open in Jesus name that my ears my heart and my spirit are open to receive the engrafted word of God which is quick alive and powerful, active, and a spirit of meekness. The ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life this week. I am a successful doer of what I will hear today. And I will leave here today full of faith, love, power, wisdom, and victory. Amen. If you believe it, come on, you ought to shout amen. Amen. I believe it, God, that your word is going to take root in me God and that thing is going to grow up in me in Jesus name amen so as we're talking about the impact of honor we're talking about the impact of honor and we've been talking about in this new sermon series honoring has been the, the thing that makes the difference right we're talking about the honor factor and honor is the thing that makes the difference amen and so again we're piggybacking off of last Sunday we're talking about the impact of honor the impact that honor has in the life of us as individuals amen and so when we move into Mark chapter number 12, right, we understand that as we're here, Christ has been reasoning with, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. And the scribes are individuals just like the lawyers because in one of the other synoptic gospels, one of the other books, it talks about how a lawyer, a person who's well-versed in the law, who understands the word or the verbiage that they're actually speaking, and even trying to trip Christ up as they're speaking to her. A scribe is also someone that's very, very versed in the law. They have great understanding of the word or great understanding of the law to where they're able to speak and declare the law, able to explain the law to individuals right and so as Christ is speaking and reasoning with the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees as well as the scribes one of the scribes becomes brave enough to ask the question you know and the question is which is the first commandment of all and in his bravery it's not that he's just being brave because he wants to have understanding but he's asking the question to see how much understanding Christ himself has because we understand that his very character of who he is has been the Messiah as being the Son of God is in question, right? So if you indeed are the Messiah, or if indeed you are the Son of God, then you should know the law. You should have a great understanding of the law. And so he said, which is the first commandment of all these laws? And Christ follows by answering. He said, the first of all, the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And the first thing he's saying is, okay, because even as we're talking about honor, the first thing Christ begins to say, uh, uh, what makes the law itself, okay, uh, you moving into the commandment is the fact that you have the ability to hear or have the desire to hear what is again ready to be spoken. Even before he moves in, thou shalt love what you're supposed to do as it pertains to the law. He said, okay, the first thing you have to do is have an ear to hear, hear. Well, we talked about this last Sunday where it being the Shema, Christ is quoting the Shema, meaning this, this hero Israel, meaning before I hear the instruction, my mind is already made up that whatever God is about to speak, my mind is already made up that I'm going to obey what God is going to speak. Whether I like it, whether I agree with it, whether I understand it, my mind is already made up that whatever God speaks, I'm going to obey. 
So if, if, if this was just the beginning part, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What then follows suit? Thou shalt love. So before they can even get into the thou shalt love, they had to hear. And they had to have a mind, a well-made-up mind that what I'm hearing or getting ready to hear. Because, you know, we gave the example for those of us as husbands when our wives say, hey, I need to talk to you. That thing, it bothers us. It messes with us. Because all day we're trying to figure out what is it that they want to talk to us about, right? And I can imagine Israel being the very bride of God the Father, whereas the church is the bride of Christ. Israel, this nation... Christ is saying, I need to talk to you. And you begin to wonder, okay, what is he, what is, what is he about to say? Some of us, it, it unnerves us, it, it, it rattles us, and, and so we're not necessarily in a place where we're prepared to hear or prepared to receive. But they had to be in a place where they were ready to receive. Whether they agreed with it, liked it, understood it, they had to be in a place where they were ready to receive what God is about to say. And so we see they move into the, uh, uh, the commandment, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. We're talking about the impact of honor. Well, we see, do you understand the fact that I have given God my ear? This is me honoring God. This is honor in and of itself, the fact that I'm giving God my ear. Out of all the different things that has my attention throughout the course of the day, matter of fact, as much as I talk to myself throughout the day, you know, you give yourself your ear all day long. And there are certain conversations that you lend your ear to. You know, whether intentionally or unintentionally or dare I say secretly, because some of you being earshot of other conversations that you've lent your ear to, to other conversations. That's how you know what you know. Not because you got in the realm of the spirit and you prayed and God revealed something to you. You only know it because you was in earshot of certain conversations or you were privy to certain conversations. You were privy to certain information because you were in the company of certain people. They're honoring God by giving God their ear. So the fact that I am positioning myself to hear God is me honoring God. The fact that I am bringing my mind into a place where I'm ready to receive God, regardless of what he's getting ready to say, is the fact that I'm honoring God. So we're talking about the impact of honor. And, and Webster's definition for the word impact talks about to come into usually forceful contact with something. To come into usually forceful contact with something. So when I come in contact with honor, when I allow honor to forcefully have its way in my life, there is an impact that is taking place in my life by the means of honor. Right? So it's not about just me honoring God. Because as we see, this is the pattern we told you on last week. You can almost change the word love and honor. And we told you, and you'll see it again today in Scripture. For example, the example we used on last week was, listen, uh, even in the marriage covenant, hence the nation of Israel is the 
bride of the Lord. The church is the bride of Christ. We told you in the marriage covenant, husbands love your wives, wives honor your husbands. So we see honor and love is all intertwined into the marriage covenant. So it's, it's, it's almost at a place where we can swap out the word love with honor. And thou shalt honor the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Right? I, I want you to understand something. So we see them honoring God. And so I'm utilizing this as a foundational scripture for you to see a pattern as it relates to honor. Where we're saying you can just pretty much swap out the word love with honor. 31 says... Um, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love or thou shalt honor thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these, right? And even as we talked about honor, the definitions that we begin to use for honor, you know, from a Hebraic perspective, we talked about honor. It is the thing that opens the inside door of the heart where you have great relationship or great fellowship, great marriages or great friendships, right? So... Uh, great community as well as great blessings. It comes by the means of honor. Blessings, we understand, are not just mere materialistical things. That's blessings. But in Scripture, blessing was seen as the words that the father, the father spoke and released over the children. So honor, it is something that is heavy. It, it is something that's considered weighty. It's the weight that we value an individual. So that weight speaks to the value. How much do you value God? How much do you value, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to put myself out on the list. How much do you value the person you call, consider your pastor? Hmm. How much do you value your supervisor? How much do you value your children? How much do you value your spouse? How much do you value your so-called friends? How much do you value your siblings? How much do you value your mother, your father? Biological at that. As well as your spiritual ones. Because some of us value our spiritual more than we value our biological. And you wonder why there is a problem. So honor, it is something that is valued by the weight so how much weight does God hold? How much value does God have in your life? And again, we say honor, according to the Hebraic perspective, it is the thing that opens the inside door, that being the heart. Your heart is open to someone that honors you. So when you find someone honoring you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are, you'll notice how your heart will begin to open up to them. Notice how when apostle with honor, and most of us, you, you, you can relate to exactly what I'm saying. How he would honor us. Most of us were not even walking in the anointing, the call of God that God placed upon our lives, but he saw who God said we were supposed to be. I can remember coming all the way from Florida, and, and I would think it would be strange. He would be calling me man of God. I'm like, I'm your, I'm your we are family. He'd be like, men of God. And I would hear him call other men, men, men of God. I'm like, so one day I just asked him, like, why do you, why do you call them that? 
He was like, I'm calling them who they are. It's like, oh. Because some of the people he met, I would be like, they're far from it. They're, like, they're not even saved. They don't want Jesus. But he would be like, men of God. And the more they would be here and open up as he was honoring them, they would open up their heart to him. And they would just begin to just tell things that they were dealing with. Right? Man, I, I've been wanting to say this for a long time, and I just didn't know how to say it. I've seen grown men just begin to weep and cry to another man because he honored them for who they were. So the, the, the point that I'm making is when you honor someone, it will open the inside door of their heart. Not because of what they do, but because of who they are. Because when you understand it, guess what? We're going to do a lot of dumb stuff. As believers, we're going to do a lot of dumb stuff some days. We're going to say a lot of dumb stuff. Some of it's not going to be uh, 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 by intention, you know what I mean? No, we're not going to try to do it intentionally. Some, a lot of dumb stuff is going to be said and a lot of dumb stuff is going to be done. But you still must honor people. So it is the thing that opens the door. So one of the other definitions that I begin to talk about for honor, it, it, it talks about... In other words, simply put, to think highly of someone, to show respect for someone, to recognize the importance of spiritual value of someone. Now, this is Webster. Webster's telling you to recognize the importance of spiritual value of someone. To recognize the importance of spiritual value, to recognize that every individual was created in the image of God just like you. To recognize that every individual matters, simply put, they matter. Every individual has worth to them. Whether they know their self-worth or not, every individual has worth to them. Every individual matters to God. And to someone, even if it's not to the person that they want to matter to, God is not going to have you not matter to someone. Is going to, uh, uh, you're going to matter to someone. And it's not just going to be God. I can remember the apostle told him, he said, listen, God got it set up in such a way that everybody's not going to hate you at the same time. He's not the only one that loves you, but he has it where everybody, even in this earth realm, is not going to be able to hate you at the same time. Now, it may feel like it because the person who may love you may be in a whole other country. A whole nother state, and you're like, well, Lord, well, I need to be near the person that loves me because it looks like I'm surrounded by everybody who just can't stand me right now. And I, it, it's kind of hard to believe that someone else loves me. But no, you have, to, you have to actually know that. Amen? So we're talking about this impact of honor. We're going to go back to Romans chapter number 12, verse number 10. And it says, to be kindly affectioned one toward one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Preferring one another. Be kindly affectionate one to another, right? And this is the thing. What affections do you have on display for the different people that are in your life? Now, I know the Bible tells us... It, to set your affections on things above, 
not on things of the earth. Set your mind on kingdom principles or heavenly principles. So to honor someone is a kingdom principle or heavenly principle that we flow in here in the earth realm. Right? So even when I set my affection upon someone, in other words, to honor them, this is a, a principle of kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. To the point it says, be kind and affectionate one to another with, with, with brotherly love. This love in the Greek is being interpreted as God feel that, that. In other words, this love like family love, brothers, friends, this, this, this. We come from different biological parents, but hey, you're my brother, you're my sister, nevertheless. And this is the thing that we run into even in church. This is the thing. Now, God has kind of given me a play on this particular word, honor. If you notice how honor is spelled, you can stay where you are, Mike, I got it. You, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can notice in, well, put up the slide for the actual sermon series. The slide, the slide for the sermon series, that, that particular image. You can notice how honor is spelled, right? The honor factor. Now, go back to the scripture. As we go back to the scripture, same word, right? Honor. There was just a you that has been inserted. Same word, same definition, right? But I want you to see something. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. If I were to divide this word up, push the H all the way over to the left, Put a dash between on and our. <laughs> Put a dash between on and our. We're going to have on our. Can you, can you just put it on silent? Something. On our. Take me back to the scripture, Mike. So I want you to see this on our. On our preferring one another will have impact. It's based upon our preference. It's based upon our preferring. You see how we just broke up honor? So when it's not our preference, then it's not us honoring. It can't be Prophetess Portia is honoring, Prop Pastor Tamaris is honoring, but the rest of us, well, I only get with you because we just click. Preferring one another. The pattern that we gave you in Mark chapter 12 is based upon love, where we said you can actually swap out love for honor. You can swap out love for honor. So even in this right here, this is not about what we have in common. It is about what we need. 
Because the pattern speaks to love, or we said we could swap out love with honor, but if we were to stay with love, what you need is love. What you want is lust. What you need is love, but what you want is lust. So what I found out, when it's not our preference, meaning it's coming out of a place of love or out of a place of honor, it is coming from a place of lust. I only choose you, I only prefer you because of what I believe we have in common. I only choose you because of our interests. I only choose you because we have similar personalities. What I'm simply saying is, is I'm, I'm choosing you based upon what I want. See, my lust is telling me because we have the same personality, the same interests, or the same goals, dreams, whatever the case may be, then we should get along fine because we want the same thing. Again, want is associated with lust, but I wish I had a couple of people who would talk about what we need. Because love is going to have you talk about need. Because the truth be told, see, my cousin had it right. My cousin had it right back in the day. They're trying to figure out who I'm talking about. He was a red Kango. He always licks his lips. And he said, I need love. He had it right. Because it's what we need. We need love. It's not necessarily that I want it. No, you need it. You were, this is how God has designed and created us with a need for love. Simply put, relationship. You need, he has created you to be in relationship. Now, because people mishandle love or mishandle honor, folk are now trying to be in relationship with themselves, <laughs> with objects and machines. And you're saying, what is the world coming to? I've never been good enough to love me enough. I've never been good enough to love me enough. When you even consider that, I know what I want. I know what I like and how I like it and when I want it. But I've never been good enough with loving me. I've Simply put, I've never been capable of satisfying myself. I'm going to dip into the suitcase series and pull something out of my suitcase for a minute because I have not always been at a place where I had a healthy enough no to tell myself no. And the reality, you're not satisfied. You would have found satisfaction in the no. But you didn't like the fact that you had to tell yourself no. So we would override the no and give ourselves what we want. Again, want is associated with the lust. Need is associated with love. So my failure to honor myself, my failure to understand the value or the weight of who God has called me to be, when I look at my self-esteem and self-worth, I overlook all of that because of what I believe I wanted, what was associated or connected to my lust. 
So it is on our preferring. When you look inside the body of Christ, do you see honor? No, there was a lack of honor because on, it's on our preferring one another. And we are not preferring one another in the church. I'm talking about folk who say they have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you think about the little small trivial things that makes you not choose somebody. It's so disheartening. It's so disheartening. Uh, case in point. I'm going to say it like this here. Correction is not judgment. Although many people interpret correction as judgment. So do you understand? You will not be chosen for the fact that you decided to correct somebody, which is part of your biblical responsibility. So the fact that you decided to do what God said concerning you and this individual, concerning them and their vision, or their life as it pertains to God, you will not be chosen because you decided to obey the word. Correct someone who interprets correction as judgment. So you are not my preference. You are not my choice. I am not just willingly choosing you. Matter of fact, the word preferring in the Greek is talking about choosing, liking, best or better. I don't like you best. Because to be like best is to be first choice. And, and how many times have you been chosen? You haven't, wasn't even chosen a second. Somebody had to remind them. Well, what about... Did you forget about, you know what I'm saying? Did, did you forget about such and such? Because it's on our preferring one another. I mean, be honest with yourself. Why do you not choose folks? And we say some of the most ridiculous things. Well, see, they, 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 I get tired of them being too deep. What? What you call being deep is you don't understand what I had to labor for for this level of anointing. You don't understand how many nights I was laying on the floor weeping and crying while you were snotting and snoring and farting while you were asleep. I was on the floor rolling around crying, asking God to help me because I felt like I was about to lose my mind, asking God to help me because I wanted to give up, asking God to help me because I threw him the tower, he threw it back, said, not so. And I'm trying to figure out how to get away from what God has called me, where I see other folk, they look like they're just walking away, doing whatever they want to do, and they look like, God, wait a minute, this thing don't seem fair now. Hold up. They doing whatever they want to do and they still look like they're blessed. They look more blessed than me. What the father is going on with this? And you find yourself almost mad with them and mad at God because it appears that their life is going a little bit better than yours when it appears that you are obeying a whole lot better than them. I'm going to be real. When I be saying that, I don't even want to choose them. No, I'm no. I don't want to be around somebody, God, who I know is not living right, but their life, it seems more blessed than mine. Not, don't want to do it. Because the, the truth be told, it's a reminder. Some folk, I don't necessarily want to be around because they are a reminder of who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. 
Some folk I don't want to be around because they're a reminder of what I come from, who I come from. Because I get it, everybody living their best life now. You know, this is the age of expression. You know, everybody has something to say. But nobody, how we went to the pattern in Mark chapter 12, when he said, hear, O Israel, age of expression, everybody has something to say, but nobody has an ear to hear. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me? Y'all don't want to talk to me? Because we said honoring in the pattern was the fact that they gave their ear to God. Whatever you want to say, God. See, everybody want to be honored for what they're expressing. And some of the stuff that you're expressing ain't words crap. I don't care about what you ate for dinner. Don't anybody go do nothing about crap it out in the next hour or so. Who want to know about that? Don't nobody want to know about that? How was that about to impact my life? You ate a hamburger. How? And it's only when everybody getting emotional, having a little rough passion in their life, then everybody want to get spiritual and drop a scripture. They didn't picked off a Bible app. They ain't went in prayer and God sought God for God to give them no type of script. They went to the Bible app and this is God speaking to them. Now I understand it's God's word, but guess what? Even though the Bible app, no, that was an algorithm. Yes, that was an algorithm. Embedded in the system. The system has code, it's, it's been coded to bring up certain scriptures per day. So you mean to tell me now an algorithm is speaking for God now? So God just going to be quiet on his throne. He's going to let an algorithm speak for him. I think not. I think not. What does God want to say? And notice, we typically go and find scriptures that when we're, when we're just, just, we feel low. And we know. That all things, and so you get all kind of likes. Then you start feeling good about yourself. Everybody's going to respond to that because if you ask anybody, everybody got something that they're going through. And they have made that small thing be this large. So the fact that you came with, and we know all things are working together. They got hope. Oh, this is going to work together for my, no, the scripture says it works together for those that love him. Those that honor him. They don't like that. Because, see, you think, you know, sometimes truth has to be spoken just like this. No, you think it because that's what the word is said to those that love him. He said, if you love me, you will obey me. So how he measures your love is according to your obedience. So nobody wants to look at scripture like that. But it's on our preferring one another. Can you say I'm your best pastor? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not your best pastor. I'm not your best pastor. You know why? Because I would see, if I was your best pastor, what I see you go and make happen for everybody else. Everybody else, church. I don't look strange now. I'm not opposed to you going to nobody else's church. Go. Go have fun. Go jump, dance. It's my problem. Why you wouldn't go to somebody else's church and do all the things that you won't do at your own church, though? 
what I can't understand. He'll quote, quote, quote the, quote the guest speak and all kind of stuff. I know, but what you do know about me, you know I'm laying on my face to pray. And I'll be honest enough to come and tell this, I ain't got nothing. And you'll take that little sneaker do the word that they're giving you. Yeah, I said it. That little sneaker do the word that they're giving you that they done got out of some book. I don't care if it's their book. No, because we get, we get caught up with who folk are. Because they, Let me tell you something. One thing my apostle consistently reminds me of, he said, listen, success is not based upon crowds. What you better understand, it's easy to build a building. But ain't, ain't, you're not going to find people trying to build lives, though. You know, because when I got to get close to you, because if you want to understand who I am, go to the book of Jeremiah chapter number one, particularly verse number 10. When I got to pull up some stuff out of you, oh, you don't like that. That's uncomfortable. When I got to tear some stuff down to you, because I've heard people tell, Pastor why do I always feel worse when I talk to you? Uh, go look at Jeremiah chapter number one. Before I can build you, before I can plant anything, I got to tear down and I got to destroy some stuff first. And at the rate some of us be going, it may require years to test some stuff down. So you may feel bad for years talking to me. But you got to understand, this ain't about your emotions. I'm not here to build your, I'm here to build your life. And a part of building your life is getting your emotions in control. Because too many years you've lived a quarter or you've governed yourself based upon your emotion. You did everything based upon how you feel. We're trying to get you to live according to the spirit. What is God saying? Have you acknowledged God so God can direct your path? No, you did basically, well, I feel like my heart, I feel like my heart like, no, that's why you in the predicament that you in because your heart got you in trouble. The Bible says your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. Your heart tricked you, so you where you are, you thought, you thought he was the one, and yeah, he was the one that was going to hit you upside your head, and he did that. You thought she was the one. Yeah, she was the one that was going to cheat, have you wide open, and then leave you right there brokenhearted. Yeah, she was the one. You just didn't figure out what once was she. Oh, we don't talk about that. And it's not just romantic relationships, even in friendships. Because it's an honor opens the inside door of the heart to what? Great friendships. Most of you, you chose your friend based upon what y'all had in common. Girl, I like your outfit. I like, I like your hair. So y'all are in relationship because of her hair? Her hair. Right. That she could change every week. Y'all are in relationship because of her hair. Just say what you really want. You want to know where she got the hair from, how much the hair cost. You want to know if she could do your hair because you're tired of your hair looking a mess. So just, just say what it really is. Listen, I'm only choosing right now because I'm trying to figure out what I can get from you. In particular, the hair. Where you got your hair from? How much did your hair cost? Can you do my hair? If I go buy something, can you do my hair like that? But we're not going to say that. We're, cho- we're choosing people for the wrong reason. Lust is associated with want. Love is associated with need. You're not choosing them because of a need. Everybody in here has something to impart to one another. But the reality, most of us don't believe it. 
If I don't catch myself as the pastor, I can act like I know everything and act like, okay, my child, she kind of can't say nothing to me. Even at 14, God has given her a certain level of wisdom. It just has to be that I must be open to hear the wisdom. Because how many times has you as an older adult has dismissed children? Don't talk while adults talking. I understand. I understand being respectful. I, I get all of that. But you know what I'm understanding now? A part of me honoring my children is giving them their voice. You know how crazy this is when I tell them at school, I'm not going to let nobody at the school take your voice because I don't take your voice. What is it, Lincoln? You don't take their voice when y'all out in public, but at home, shut up. Don't say nothing, but you take their voice at home. No, I'm, I'm teaching them about honor. So even when we've had difficult situations, I have to stop. Because usually I just go on a tangent like, you trying to play me. Oh, you trying to play me? You trying to play me? You, did, did you forget who I come from? So I be doing all of that stuff. All animated. My kids be looking at me like. Because they don't know what's about to happen next. I keep them so off guard. They don't know what I'm about to do. Then there's some days I'm so calm. And then, you know, it's that calm before the storm. Like, like what they just did. I said, I'm okay, but that doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay, so you did what? Okay. Now I know! Then I just explode on them. You know? So they just, they approach stuff. Now it's just like, I don't know what's about that. You understand what I'm saying? But to honor them, I'm making sure that they have their voice. Why did you do that? I want to understand your thought process. Tell me why you did that. Why did you do that? Not in the heat of my anger, what were you thinking? See, I'm guilty of that. I've been there where I, I, don't, know, I don't know what you were thinking. The reality, they were thinking that they're not you, Lincoln. I can see, I wouldn't have did that. When I was your age, you know what, daddy, that was almost 30 years ago. Times have changed, daddy. You understand? No, this is how I got to be real with myself and talk to myself as if one of my children are talking to me at times. Because they know that they're not going to be able to talk to me like this. So I have to talk to myself as if it's one of my children talking to me. Times have changed. So, why did, why did you do that? How do we fix this? I want to know what ideas you have to fix this dilemma that you've gotten yourself into. I'm here. But you got yourself in it. I want to see how do you plan to get yourself out. Now, one thing that my children know that I'm synonymous for, I, I'll be quick. Do you want help? Right? <laughs> They'll be like, mm, I don't know if I want your help. Because somewhere in their mind, they felt like that I've been trying to trick them. No, I've never tried to trick you. I said, first of all, don't ever put me in a category with a lie. I said, because the Bible tells me in the book of Revelation that every lie has their place in the lake. And I'm not trying to create a spot. Don't you ever compare me to a liar. I'm not just deliberately lying to you. I said, you have to listen to what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying to you. Deal or no deal. Right? So they're like, well, 
I don't. Right. It'd be like, but I don't know what to choose. That's exactly right. You don't know what to choose. So what I'm trying to teach you, when you don't know, ask questions so that you get an understanding. Never just make an impulsive choice. Even if it's me, your father, you feel the pressure and I'm looking at you with this unbreakable stare across the table. Ask questions. So that's what I'm trying to teach them. So I'm trying to walk them through being honored by honoring their voice. What do do you have to say? So just trying to honor them. So I want you to understand, because as parents, it should be on our preference of choosing our children. Many days our children do not feel like they've been chosen by us. They felt rejected because you failed to give them your ear. And you wonder why they don't want to talk to you no more. Ooh, we own something right here. You wonder why they don't want to talk to you no more. And you find yourself getting mad because they go and choose some other adult at the church. And you'll get mad. You're not going to say it at church, but you'll wait till you get in the car on the way home for church. Now, let me tell you something. Now, you ain't going to obey them better than you obey me. Oh, isn't that what I tell y'all? I said, let me tell you something. What you not going to do. Oh, yeah, see, now you got to put a little hood in that. What you not going to do. What you not going to do is obey them better than you obey me. Oh, see, then you got to walk them through the speed. Baby, all that me and your mommy are sacrificing. What you not going to do is act like you can obey them better than you can obey me. What I'm not going to do is tell you five times and they tell you what, baby, I'm telling you. Right? Oh, I was living a moment just then. I felt the heat coming. I felt the heat coming from the center of my head down to my foot. I bind the devil. Bind that spirit of anger. But notice what will happen. The person that you perceive your child to obey better than you, you don't choose them. You have an issue with them. And the truth be told, they doing your child good by letting them vent, getting that stuff out their sister. But you upset because your child will not vent to you. Instead of you just praying, saying, God, give them somebody that they can talk to, God. I'm t- a trustworthy individual, God. I'm talking about that's going to correct them, but love on them, build them up, God. Even if they don't want to hear from me, God, put a voice in their life, God, that they will hear from. No, you think the voice got to always be you. Baby, you're not going to always be here. I'm not saying deaf. What I'm saying is, you know, my children, I'm talking about down to the seven-year-old. You know what they're saying? I can't wait to get out of North Carolina. Bye. Oh, it's not, because it's not what I really want. So you, because it's not my preference. So you know me, 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 I'm quick with my mouth. You know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this right here. Because you know what God said about my life. I'm going to be a man of astronomical wealth. Since you want to leave, guess what? You won't be on nothing. I'm going to make sure the money go to the dog. You won't have nothing. You know your college that you want to go to? I ain't going to help pay for nothing. Since you want to leave me, do it all on your own. Don't call me for nothing. (laughs) Oh, I just go on a tangent. 
Right, since you want to leave me? Because if I ain't no good, my money ain't going to be no good then. Don't call, ask your husband. Ask me for nothing. Right? <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, it, it, it gets like that sometimes. Because I don't like their preference that they don't want to be around me. And I'm saying, like, it makes me go off to myself after we have these conversations. I'd be like, God, am I that bad of a parent? I'm just trying my hardest to take care of them in this crazy world that they're living in. They don't even understand all of the sacrifice. I say, God, let me tell you something. They don't know nothing about eating no beans and wings. Yes, God, what the world? They don't know about that, God. They don't know about sleeping in a twin bed, sharing a bed with somebody. They don't know about that, God. They don't know about sharing a bathroom or sharing a room, God, till they almost out their parents out. They don't know nothing about that, God. And you saying you don't want to be around. What the father? They don't know about wearing the scats. When I look down at your feet, baby, your shoe game is killing mine. You don't know anything about scats. Do you understand? I remember the white, them little white hard bottom hot tops they put on a, as a baby so you can make sure you walk right. You don't know nothing about that. You were walking in Jordan's and, and, and Penny Hardaway shoe. What the father? You don't know nothing about that. Looking bobos. I came out the womb wearing bobos. And you don't want to be around me? You got on all you got on all of the name brand onesies. I got them plain white joints. With stains already on it. That means my brother had it prior to it getting to me. You got fresh crisp ones, new ones. You don't know anything about no hand-me-down. Are you saying you don't want to be around me? Oh, I'm about to confess to that thing like. You know what, then? Ooh, when I get this money. <laughs> no, your children will make you act a fool. If you ain't careful, you'll hold a grudge with your children. A secret grudge with your children. Oh, let me tell you, a secret grudge with your child. Your child knows something is wrong, but they're not in a place where they can ask you, it's... it's What's wrong with you? See, your child can't do that. But see, your spouse can be like, what's wrong with you? You need to go pray. But I guarantee if you gave your child the liberty to say, what's wrong with you? Or you need to go pray. Baby, you'll be praying every day. Or you'll be asking a question. Well, this is what's wrong with me. Some of us will be sitting on our children's couches. Oh, I'm telling you a truth. No, you hearing it, now that you hear it, I want you to think about what we just said. Some of us adults, we've had secret and still have secret grudges with our children. Hear it, but now I want you to see how crazy that looks. A child. You're the adult. You're the leader. But you have a grudge, secret grudge with your child. How many, how many days, no, you got to understand, how many days your child actually, how many days your child actually looks and acts like the adult in the relationship? Mama, just let it go. 
Oh, mama, it ain't that serious. Daddy, 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 simmer down, daddy. Daddy, simmer down, daddy. It's not, daddy, it's, daddy, it's not, that, it's not that serious. See, most of us, we can't handle that if our child told us that. And it's the truth. What they're saying is the truth. We cannot handle our child telling us that level of truth. We want to respond, I would will, I will knock all your teeth. Who you think you're talking to? But you forget, me included, you forget, God, I just want to be right. Right? You forget you prayed that prayer, God, I just want to be right. And then some of us, we got real deep with it. Whoever you got to use, God, I just want to be right. But when God put the word in the mouth of the child, because Jeremiah was a child prophet. Right? So because it's your child, they don't have that liberty to correct you. Now I'm saying children, stay in your place. Because you better KYP. You better KYP. What am I saying? You better know your personnel. Or better yet, you better know your parent. You better know your parent. Because <laughs> your parent can hear all this truth. And when they get home, it's... Try. Try. We'll call Pastor Lincoln to tell him to resurrect you. Try. Oh, baby, we'll call Pastor Lincoln and say, Pastor Lincoln, you got to raise him up from the dead. And while you're praying to raise him up for the dead, pray against my bitch sentence locked up for the rest of my life. Oh, we both going to need him to pray for us. Try. Because, you know, we'll get on that tangent. Let me tell you what my mom and them told me. I brought you in this world. I brought you in this world. See, children, my, my children in particular, you haven't heard that speech. I heard that almost every day. I brought you in this world and I'll take you out. See, if it wasn't that speech, then I heard that speech. If you ever raise your hand to me, the police is going to be pulling me off of you. And then, see, then, then it, was that, it was that other speech. You know what? Here go my phone. Call the police. I, I'm going to dial 911 for you. Call the police. See, this, this, this new, this, 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 we're living in a different age, this age of expression. They helped us. You want to call them? Bring me the phone. But the long cord. The cord that, that, that with the long, the long cord that, that the one that we take when we're trying to get away from other, bring the phone with the long cord. This was before you had cords for the long cord. Who you want to call? You want to call local or you want 911? Right, and you standing there looking crazy like, I can't call the police. No, no, baby, you take, you take it too long. Who you want to call? What the world? Oh, see, they killed stuff before it ever had its opportunity to live. I dare you to call them on me. I'll call them for you. Because by the time they get here, they're just going to be dragging a body out of here. See, that's how mine talk. By the time they get here, they're dragging the body out. And I'm going to sit on the couch. I don't smoke, but I'm going to get a cigarette from somebody. Yeah, because I got to look at you. I got to calm my nerves. <laughs> Oh, 
I got to think about this thing like, sure. See, y'all don't, y'all don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Children? You don't understand? Yeah, you better KYP. You better know your personnel. Better, yeah, you better know your parents. But I'm saying, parents, you know what I'm finding out? Let me back up for a second. Come on, look there at Shekinah. You're not going to try to use this to your advantage. No, but what I'm finding out, when, think about it. You know there's a certain way you raise your children. Now, all the fears and different things that I be dealing with concerning my children, and the world gives me enough of that. I have three children, three girls, and all this sex trafficking is just everywhere, and I'm just, I be, I be trying to jump in the car with my wife everywhere now. Hey, hold up. No, seriously, because the last time I was back home in Florida, a very well-known, prominent TV anchor newscast woman, 55, over 55, Walking into the grocery store with a purse on her shoulder. Do you understand three men tried to snatch this woman? Did you hear the age I said? So what they're telling you is, I ain't even got no preference on age no more. I said, Richard, let me, I, I, you ain't got to go. I go to the store. But what it's showing me, these different fears make me afraid. To trust what I've imparted. Because I get it. Like we said, some days they're going to do some dumb stuff. Some days they're going to say some dumb stuff. Like when they're mumbling under their breath. That's dumb stuff that they're saying. Some days, why don't you just, just flip the script and honor them? What do you want to say? I'm going to give you an opportunity to say what you want to say. What do you, what do you want to say? I've been giving my children the opportunity to say stuff. I said, just be wise with what you say, though. But I want to hear what you want to say. So in other words, I'm saying, tell me the truth. I remember one particular situation dealing with one master. Oh, master just came right out and told me the truth. I said, master, now, I asked you this a while ago. I said, I asked you stuff definitely when God puts it in my spirit. I said, God does not lie. I don't know why God decided to interrupt my day to tell me you be cussing at school, Majesty. I don't know. So I figured I would ask you to see what you were going to say. Knowing I already got the truth because God said it. Majesty, did you be cussing at school? No, no, sir, Master. No, sir. <laughs> you know, God, I was going to slay it. No, sir, master. Oz will be good. What? Well, I don't know. Well, God just decided to tell me you because of that. I don't, that I don't be good. Now, my friends do, but I don't be. Well, Majesty, aren't you familiar with the term birds of a feather flock together or guilty by association? Like, 
either you're going to lead them or they are going to lead you like yeah no daddy my, but my, my, my friends do okay so see that you gotta leave some stuff alone left it alone for a while just left it alone a thing came back up God brought it back up and he happened to bring it up while we're talking about honor just tell me the truth Oh, that whole slave mentality? Yeah, I'd be cussing. <laughs> she just got bored with it. Yeah, yeah I'd be cussing. <laughs> how you see me? This is exactly how she looks. She was like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, had, I was trying so hard not to laugh and keep a straight face. <laughs> I'm looking like, what the? How we go from no submassive to, yeah, I'd be cussing. I said, what, what in the world? So I'm just looking like, I'm not, I'm caught like, okay, she just came right out with the truth and it's like, the truth is so in my face, it's so funny at the same time, it's just like, what do I do with this? It's just like, till I almost lost it. I, see, I told you, God don't be lying. Right? You go that route for a minute. Then God has, he said, I, I, I honor. I, I honor. You know what, man? I, I'm glad you told me the truth. So then I have to bring it all the way back down. Because my thing is, I'm trying to make sure that they honor God. And that they honor their parents and that they honor the people that God has placed in their line. I'm trying to make, I said, if anything, baby, while we're in this series, understand the importance of honor. So even in this, God brings me back down. No honor. And I have to come all the way down and I begin to talk again. Well, why do you feel the need to cuss? Well, I don't know. She's about to send me somewhere. What the father you mean you don't know? What? How many times I tell you, if you don't know, that is a good indication you shouldn't be doing it. If you can't explain it, then here's God again. Honor. Okay. So you don't. Okay. So <laughs> you got to see the conversation. Like, it's just like this. I go up, then God bring me all the way back down. I stay like this for, and it's like, and they be looking like, what the world? So it's just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So you, you cut. So then I'm going to tell you what really helped me. Sometimes I used to say it because I was trying not to do it or become it. So I was flirting with a lie at times. Right? Because I'm not a liar. I remember what I said. I was flirting with a lie. What am I saying? There'll be times I'm like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset. On the inside, I was, I was almost, whoo, I was almost dead. I'm trying everything give me not to cross that line, you know, where you start sinning. This time I said, I'm not even going to be mad. And the truth is, this time it was, the, it was the, real, the reality of what I said. And keeping in mind, talking about honor. That I really didn't get mad. And then from that point, it was just, rather than doing this, coming back down, then do this, then 
from that point, I just, there were times I just had to laugh, like, <laughs> what in the fuck? This is so, and I said, it's not that I don't understand. I've been there. I said, but what turned me out, I had people around me who cussed. That's how I knew how to cuss. You're not around nobody that cuss. So why you felt the need to do it? And I said, I'm pretty sure you don't know how to cuss right. You're putting the, you're putting the wrong words together. Like, you, you're making yourself look and sound crazy because you're not, you're not a sufficient cusserer. No, sometimes I put it to them just like that. You know, that's my answer. I said, Mads, you're not a good sneakerer. <laughs> She can't, she can't stand, meaning, Mad C, you don't do well sneaking around, trying to deceive, you're not good at it, just stop. So I won't let her forget, I'll be like, Mad C, you're not a good sneakerer, so now I got another word I can add on, another ER word, you're not a good cusserer. So you should just stop. I said, do you really understand why people cuss? Most of your friends who are coming from low income, I said, most of them are cussing because they don't have the proper vocabulary to express their level of anger. Now, I get it. No matter how good your vocabulary is, there's just some people, I got to cuss you out. Only thing you understand is good cussing out. So I get it. But imagine you're not at that stage in your life where your little, man, say what, 11? Your 11-year-olds, they don't need no good cussing right now. If anything, they need a good telling and all. Teacher, that's what they need. They don't need no good cussing out. I said, and the truth be told, you don't know how to cuss. I said, I'm just imagining in my head the different cuss words she's putting together. See, y'all just try to bust out. You, D, that don't even go right. What is you, D? You stupid, D. If you don't go sit down somewhere, you don't even know how to cuss right. Go sit down somewhere and just stop. You understand? Know so this is me trying to imagine what my child would be saying in a situation like this. So she began to tell me why she did it. I said, no, we're going to repeat why you say you did it. And I want you to hear why you're saying you're doing this. So when she heard it, I just watched it. Because she's like me. She, she's very methodical in why she does things. She thinks about that thing from a child. Man, she was always the one who would ask questions. Now, that I did not do. I would ask the questions in my head, but never I would speak them. But she would analyze that thing just like me. Like, hmm. So I saw it when I asked them. We said, okay, now let's repeat back what you said. She was standing there. You could see the mind just. And I saw her eyes do like this. I said, oh, yeah, she think about it now. So the next day when she got in the car. I had to use a word right now. Hey, did you use profanity today? No. I said, wow, was it that easy to make a choice not to use profanity today? She was like, yeah. So, why, so this is me. Why did you not use profanity today? Because I didn't want to. So you're telling me you could have made this choice every other day? Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to see how easy this is. Do you see how easy that is? You, you don't have to follow what your friends are doing. I tell you every morning, matter of fact, it is in our prayer every morning, you be the leader and not the follower. 
are the leader. I don't say this just because it sounds good. You are the leader. And I said, do you understand how crazy this looks and sounds? Because every day she was coming home in the car. Daddy, they, they keep talking about you, pastor, pastor, such and such, pastor, such and such. You're supposed to be coming to our school to speak. I said, I am? I don't know anything about coming to y'all school to speak. Well, Officer Tucker said, well, I don't know anything about that. I said, well, Majesty, listen to what you just said. All of your friends are calling me pastor. Matter of fact, the one child in the classroom that everybody considers a wayward child, a disruptive child, he said, your dad is a pastor. You know you should be doing that. I said, do you, the devil is talking to you. You didn't catch it? The one that y'all sent is the problem child. God put the word in his Bible and said, your dad is a pastor. You should not be doing this. I said, let's just, let's just look at this. So she thought about it. She heard everything that was said. And she was just like, so she's got a good week. She hasn't used profanity. I said, look at you. You got a week. Because every day I said, have you used profanity today? No. Till they went to, nope. She got excited about her no is what I'm trying to get you to understand. First, it was just a no, because she knew I was going to ask. But she knew I was going to ask every day following till her no became excited. Nope. Good, man. I'm proud of you. Because you don't have to do that. You're better than that. You have enough vocabulary to express whatever you want to express. Right? So what am I doing? I'm honoring my children. Why? Because honor is going to impact their lives with the, with the force based upon what I'm speaking to them, with the force based upon what I am modeling before them. Now, I'm not telling you it happens immediately. Jeez, y'all, so much have told me the time, man. Immediately. But keep working on it because your children, they matter. And children, your parents matter. Amen? All right, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen.